It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And good afternoon to you, Jason Vandeveer here with you on Calvary Live. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. Good to be back with you today. Looking forward to taking your calls, questions, and comments about the Bible and Christianity this afternoon for the next hour. If you want to join me on the program, let me give you the numbers if you don't already know them. 303-690-3000. That's the number to call. If you're listening in Colorado, Wyoming, uh, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, same number for all. 303-690-3000. Uh, or if you prefer to text your question, 720-336-0897. Once again, I'm Jason Vanderveer. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. And uh, if you're not familiar with myself, which is probably a lot of you listening, you're welcome to go to our website, calvarychapelparker.com, calvarychapelparker.com. You can get more information about us and about our fellowship. But enough about that. The phone lines are already lighting up, and I'd love to see that, and that's uh, what I love most about the show is your calls, your questions. Uh, let's go to Bruce uh, in Conifer, Colorado. Bruce, welcome to the program. Hi, let me turn this radio off, make sure we don't yeah, get any feedback. Excellent, I appreciate that. Um, I, in 19, around 1975, uh, I, I was saved in the early 70s in a Baptist church and then migrated to a Pentecostal church. Now, Pentecostalism was very different in 1974 and 75 than it is today, before sure. the TV, the media, the the eccentric, eccentricities, I guess, mm-hmm. the things that you see. Today, one of the biggest, um, when you see people that have this health and wealth and prosperity doctrine, mm-hmm. um, people like Myers and Benny Hinn, yeah. they do an awful lot of speaking in tongues. Now, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it literally felt like uh, like you won the Super Bowl and they just poured the, fi- the cooler <laughs> or Gatorade on you. That was literally what I felt. And then... I got my prayer language, and and so what I'm wondering is, is it's been so abused. Should I just not do it? Because I don't, I don't, I know I'm not given this language in order to prophesy in church and then have an interpretation that's never happened. So I'm assuming that the the language I got was a manifestation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I can't deny it. But it happened so long ago when the church was really quite innocent back at that time before media, before television, before all that. Right. And it seemed to be very real, but it seems to be a major weapon in these people that are not born that are that are false teachers. Mm-hmm. So what is your opinion on on that? In other words, I believe if I do use it it's to be done in seek, you know, in my private in my prayer closet, but when people come up in some of these Pentecostal churches, they say everybody stretch out your hand, and everybody starts praying, you all of a sudden a lot of people are speaking in tongues and there's no interpretation. Is that a misuse of the gift? And certainly I'm I'm assuming that this is not from the devil. But right. what do you say? Well, I I agree with what you're saying there. And the Bible indicates uh, that there needs to be interpretation uh, when there is the gift of tongues in operation in the fellowship for the sake of edification. And uh, for those that are curious about this, the passages that we would refer to would be the 12th and the 14th chapters of 1 Corinthians. So, But there's two aspects, it seems, in Scripture of the gift of tongues. There seems to be the gift of tongues in the sense that people can speak in other languages that they didn't learn. We see that uh, beginning in the second chapter of the book 
of Acts. Uh, but then there also seems to be what you referred to, this idea of, of praying. And Paul talks about praying in tongues. And if you're uh, uh, alone and you're praying to God and God has given you this, uh, this ability to pray as, as a lot of people refer to it the way to you, that you do as a prayer language, uh, then that's perfectly appropriate in private. But in, in, the body, there needs to be interpretation that, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, that there might be edification or building up the body. Well, you know, some of these, these uh, faith healers and some of these false doctrines, just because they promote these false doctrines, mm-hmm. could they still have the real gift of tongues? They're just abusing it? Because I guess Satan would like to condemn the gift by, you know, condemnation of these, of these false teachers. Well, I, I, I think what it is, it's, it's difficult to say whether one, ha- one of these people has it or doesn't have it. I, I think the point, the last point that you made is a valid one. In other words, you have people going out, they're abusing these gifts or misusing these gifts, and so then they're misrepresenting them and they're giving these gifts in the Spirit of God uh, a bad name. And, and, and that's the, the, the real tragedy, is that people then devalue things like the gift of tongues, or they become afraid uh, of things like the gift of tongues, or as Paul says, they begin to think that people are out of their mind, uh, and, and so the cause of Christ is hearse. And so that's why Paul says, let all things be done decently and in order. Okay. And, 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 and another thing to remember as well is, is that God doesn't interrupt himself. And, and, and that's really what I see, a, a, probably one of the greatest misuses of the gift of tongues is, is that the Lord will be speaking through some, maybe a pastor is teaching or the, uh, the Lord is uh, given revelation, and then someone will interrupt with tongues. Well, God doesn't interrupt himself. And, in, yeah, in our church back in 75 and 74, it was a, it was a small Pentecostal church that grew five times. Um, they, they, the gift of tongues would be utilized uh, in the song worship. In other words, when, when the church would all of a sudden become real quiet. It was never spouted out when the pastor is giving his sermon. Right. But, but there would be, it, it was some of the best song worship that I've ever experienced in my life. And all of a sudden, the music would stop, and they would, it would be a harmonic praising of the Lord, and then, boom, here he would come. And there would always be an interpretation. And one time, uh, a younger member did speak, and the pastor said that we have judged this to be an exhortation. And I really thought that that was so scriptural that they judged it. And one was an exhortation. It was not uh, the gift. But... What's interesting is in the last 30 years, I haven't really sought out any of these health and wealth and prosperity doctrine teachers, Mm -hmm. but I've never heard the gift utilized except in this one little church back in the 70s. I've never heard it in the 80s and 90s and up to current. I've never heard it used properly and with the interpretation. And um, has it ever happened that... It, 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 it does happen. Calvary chapels, to, has there ever been all of a sudden someone is, is given a message and then there's the interpretation? Yes, it does. And and when in Calvary Chapel, when the gift is used, when I've seen it, it's been utilized properly. Uh, we we teach on this teaching through the scriptures, and that people would then exercise these gifts properly. That a few people, as Paul talks about uh, in in First Corinthians fourteen, that a few of you share and speak in tongues, and that another 
another would interpret that the church may receive edification. That's 1 Corinthians 14.5. Right. And so when we do it, typically we don't do it uh, in our Sunday services. It would be something that's more part of like an afterglow service or something like that. Gotcha. Uh, but but that doesn't mean it has to be that way. That's just typically the way that, uh, that we often uh, do it at different Calvary chapels. Um, but mo- you're right. Most of the time when you run across this, you, you don't see it being exercised properly. And, and I wouldn't expect some of these false teachers to exercise it properly because they don't know the Word of God and they don't teach the Word of God. Right. And they also place unnecessary and improper emphasis on the gift of tongues, saying that everybody has to have the gift of tongues, that it is evidence that you have been uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, but Paul, Paul very clearly says, do all speak with tongues? No. In other words, not everybody has that gift. Right, I agree 100%. That's one thing I love about Calvary Chapels. Your your foundation in the Word is, I actually have not found another church system like y'all, and that's why I'm a big fan. Well, I appreciate, um, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Well, thank you very much. You answered my question, and uh, God bless, and um, uh, just, um, uh, you know, just say a prayer for me. I'm trying to get my walk right with the Lord. Well, let's pray. Let's pray right now, Father. I just thank you so much for Bruce. I, I thank you for his call, his encouragement. I thank you for his heart. I thank you for his passion and commitment to you and to your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would just pour out your Spirit upon him right now, even as he described at the beginning of his of this conversation, and that you would strengthen him and in his walk with you, and that he would be exactly where you want him to be. In Jesus' name Amen. we pray. Amen. God bless. Amen. I'm hey, God bless you, brother. Thank Thanks you. for Bye. calling, Bruce. Take care. Hey, folks, uh, let's go to Gary in Fort Collins, Colorado. Gary, welcome to the program. Thank you. Hey, how you doing today? Just great. Um, you know, I've been trying to get educated on the facts about the church in general across the U.S., Mm-hmm. And learning how it's declining in membership, and then all the little reasons why that people are doing what they're doing nowadays, you know, and even some information on large churches and why they are what they are, and it's, it blows my mind, and uh, I think it's something that I want to learn more about and be involved with, because... I have no problem being all things to all people. And if if it takes, you know, in the uh, prayer life, we'll decide. But, you know, if it takes certain things that I can do at my church mm-hmm. to get them more community-oriented and build the church up with members and so they can learn what they need to know and find some peace... Uh, I think I wanted to say I'll do that. You know, uh, there are some that who think that you should not be flamboyant and building an event or something that would get a possibility for, for you to reach out and people to come to you. And, uh, you know, the back door is always the way that uh, things are done. And uh, I would... Uh, so I, I'm really not sure what my call is exactly. I don't <laughs> me for, for months about this. You know, if I could build a, a, a business that would do the things that need to be done possibly to help build the church in population yeah. and get 
people back to the church. I think that's something that you know I I'd, I'd be wholeheartedly willing and wanting to do. Well, let me share share a couple things with you, uh, just just that come to mind based on 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 the things that you've just shared. Uh, the first thing uh, that that I would share with you, Gary, is is that um, you don't ultimately you don't need to worry about the church and the reason the true church that is. Um, the reason is is as I just take a real heart or, or to heart what Jesus says in Matthew sixteen. Of course, Jesus uh, or Peter makes his great confession there. Uh, you you are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. When Jesus asked the disciples, "Who do you say that I am?" there at Caesarea Philippi, and uh, Jesus says to him, "You're Peter, and on this rock, Peter's confession." He says, "I'll build my church." And then I like this part: "The gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, or the gates of hell will not prevail against it." And you know, you don't need to worry uh, about the church. The church is actually the true church of Jesus Christ is actually prospering. It's thriving. It's growing. It's doing very well. Uh, there is a, a, a sector of the church that uh, that is perhaps declining, that is, you know, getting caught up in the world, but that that's not the true church. Now, the second part of what you said, wanting to do something within the, you know, your corner, uh, your uh, area, your fellowship within the true church of Jesus Christ, to, to draw more people to Jesus Christ and to expand the kingdom of God, uh, that's exactly what, what we're called to do in Matthew 28. Uh, Jesus, of course, uh, calls us to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. And maybe you're called to go across the street, or maybe you're called to uh, to go into the workplace, or maybe you are called to go to the other side uh, of the world, uh, or maybe you're called to pray because God has, has given you uh, certain resources, and you're called to pray and to financially support uh, people who are doing that. Uh, but my encouragement to you is is to pray and, and allow God to build the church. In the book of Acts, we see that the Lord uh, added to the church daily those who are being saved. And so my encouragement to you is just do those things that Jesus Christ tells us in his word. Pray and uh, however he calls you to serve and however you can encourage people uh, that you fellowship with in your church, uh, do so. But at the end of the day, recognize that it's Jesus Christ uh, that that builds his church and he'll use you uh, if you're available. Yes, I believe that. So, okay. Keep, uh, just keep praying. I, keep praying and keep encouraging. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for your time. You betcha, and I appreciate your heart, and, and I appreciate, uh, appreciate you calling in. You bet. Okay, bye now. God bless you, Gary. Hey, folks, let's, uh, let's go to Jeannie in Philly. Jeannie in Philadelphia, welcome to the program. Hi. How you doing? Uh, listen, I listen to nothing but your station because I love your hymns, but I just want to say prayers about all I have at this point. I had a past history that I cannot seem to overcome. About eight years ago, I went back to the Catholic Church head-on. I had a reawakening that has never left me. But the past involved drug abuse that resulted in a criminal record, and even though I have changed, I no longer act that way. I cannot get any breaks as far as employment. Mm -hmm. I'm very limited in what I can do or talk about to meet people. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I just feel kind of really isolated um but but i do get a lot out of going to church and and trying to you know go above and beyond what's expected of me and you're plugged into a good bible teaching church right now yeah 
Okay. And and the reason I ask is, of course, that's one of the best places to find a job and obviously the best place to, you know, we need to be in fellowship. In the book of Hebrews, we're encouraged not to uh, forsake the assembling of ourselves, as is the manner of some, especially as we see the day of Christ uh, approaching. And I understand what you're saying, Jeannie. You know, when you have uh, things uh, on your record, it makes it very difficult to... Um, to be able to get employment. And there are different things that you can do depending upon what is on your record uh, to be able to legally get certain things uh, expunged from your record uh, that will help you with employment down the road. I'm not a lawyer, so I can't tell you, but uh, you may consider uh, uh, contacting a, a, a lawyer to help you do that. Uh, no, that I'm afraid that's not possible. Okay, well, well, and, and with certain things, like I said, it, it, it may not be. Uh, but uh, what we can do is pray. And uh, there are people out there who, for certain types of positions, uh, will hire people that have uh, things on their record, uh, particularly if they're believers and, and uh, they're able to know that the Lord has done a work in their lives. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and, uh, and just pray for you, Jeannie, okay? Okay. Father, I just thank you so much for Jeannie. I I just pray that you'd continue to uh, uh, work in her life, Lord, that you would continue to strengthen her, that you would continue to encourage her, Lord. We just thank you that you've saved her, that you've uh, delivered her from this past, and Lord, that you've plugged her into a church and that she's being taught both on the radio and and in fellowship. I pray that you would surround her uh, with uh, just amazing people, uh, even more amazing people, uh, uh, it sounds like you already have in her fellowship, and that uh, perhaps there would be a job there for her, but we know that there's encouragement there. Uh, but Lord, I do pray that you would provide employment for her. I pray that you would put it on someone's heart, uh, that she would be a great employee for them, and that it would be the right a position uh, based uh, on her record and on her past, that she would still be able to uh, diligently do that. And Lord, I just pray that uh, that you would just show her the direction and open those doors for her, that you would just be with her, and that you would provide for her, and that you would sustain her uh, in the interim until you provide that job for her. And Lord, I just pray uh, that she wouldn't uh, grow weary. Lord, that uh, that you would just give her that patience supernaturally just to trust in you and to allow you to work in her life and that you would just grow her uh, through this this time uh, of leanness as well. Lord, we love you, we thank you, we trust you and we place uh, our faith completely in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Okay. Amen. I'll keep trying. Hey, keep, just keep praying, trust in the Lord, and uh, and the Lord's going to work in your life. And like I said, uh, maybe it's going to be through church or maybe it's going to be another way. Alright, thanks for listening. Yeah, you bet. God bless you, Jeannie. Bye-bye. Hey, folks, if you want to join me on the program, got all our lines open, 303-690-3000. I'm Jason Vandeveer. I'm the pastor of Chapel in Parker, Colorado. Appreciate you tuning in to Calvary Live today. If you're listening in Colorado or Wyoming or as Jeannie uh, is in, in Pennsylvania and Philadelphia there or New Jersey, Maryland, I appreciate all of you tuning in to the program here today. Again, if you want to join me on the air with your question, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. That's the number to call and uh, we'll get you on the program here uh, with your question. Um, now, we have a text question that came in and it says, uh, can you explain the gift uh, of 
prophecy. Well, we were talking about the gift of tongues earlier, and uh, in that same section of Scripture, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 there, uh, I'm going to go ahead and make my way over there, uh, we learn uh, about prophecy, and it says, uh, uh, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Now, a lot of times, uh, the word there is prophetuo, by the way, uh, and it, it can mean to foretell. Uh, but it can also mean to foretell. We typically think of prophecy in the sense of of foretelling future events, uh, but it isn't always that in the scriptures. Sometimes it can be simply preaching the word of God, and and I would argue that that is the 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 more common use of the gift of prophecy. It's not foretelling future events, though that certainly is a biblical understanding and applies to the word, uh, but it, it can also be foretelling. It can be preaching the word of God, and, and according to the text in the scripture, that is also the gift of prophecy. He says, uh, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy, for he who speaks in tongues, which we talked about earlier, does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. And remember, we were talking with Bruce, uh, for those listening, and we talked about the prayer aspect of the gift of tongues. There is a a gift of tongues where someone is speaking a foreign language that they don't know, and then there is the prayer aspect, and he's talking about this prayer, this this language that that isn't understood. But then he says, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. And so certainly that is not uh, primarily in the foretelling aspect, uh, but would be in the the forthtelling aspect. So hopefully that helps out uh, for our our texter uh, who texted in that question. Great question. Again, if you want to join me on the air, 303-690-3000. And uh, let's go back to the phone line. Let's go, phone lines. Let's go to Mary. Uh, Mary, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm good. So I What's just a- had a question regarding, um, you know, I've, I was watching this show with Ty- that Tyler Henry, who does all of the yes. connecting to the afterlife. For the, mm-hmm. I guess, the stars. Yep. And I was having a conversation with my father, and he just totally thinks that this is completely of the devil. Mm-hmm. And so I, my question is, if you're a non-Christian, or, um, can uh, the devil give you that kind of power? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, we, we see back in, 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 and this goes back all the way, you, all the way back. Um, I'll give you a couple of passages that you can um, that you can look at. Uh, Leviticus chapter twenty, uh, verse uh-huh. twenty-seven, and Deuteronomy chapter eighteen, verse eleven. In uh, Leviticus chapter twenty, uh, verse twenty-seven, uh, the we see this encouragement to the nation of Israel. It says, "A man or a woman who is a medium, or who has a familiar, or who has familiar spirits, shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones. Their blood uh, shall be upon them." So, so uh, contacting the dead uh, in uh, during the time uh, under the law uh, was a capital offense. And uh, in Deuteronomy chapter uh, eighteen, verse eleven, he says, "There shall not be found one among you who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire." or who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer or one who conjures spells or a medium or spiritist or one who calls up the dead. And so uh, it says all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. Uh, and, and, it, and then he goes on. So so the Bible's very clear uh, uh, about this practice. And But I 
what I would say to you is, is that some people make the mistake of dismiss, dismissing it and thinking that it's not real. It is very real, but it is very demonic. And okay. I believe that 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 Satan will use uh, people unwittingly or sometimes even they know exactly what they're doing and he he will use them through this. I don't believe that they're actually contacting the dead. Uh, I believe that uh, what's happening is, is there's demonic influence. They're contacting demons who are trying to, uh, to lead people astray, making them think that they're talking to their dead relatives and so forth. Okay. So... Yeah, you want to just uh, you don't want to open yourself up to that. And okay. and you know, uh you don't want to really start dabbling in that, you know, tarot cards, palm readers, all all of that is part of the same genre, Ouija boards and things of that nature. If someone asks you if you want your palm read, you just tell them you like it the color that it is. <laughs> okay, that works. <laughs> okay. Okay, thank you so much. You bet. I appreciate your call, Mary. Take care. Hey folks, three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's go to Janelle. Janelle, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you today? I, I, I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking. How are you? I am so blessed. That um, is good to hear. <laughs> I want to tell you first of all, I really appreciate um, your depth of understanding in the Word. I appreciate I that. Thank you. I, I really think that um, that's a gift from Jesus and. Hopefully, we all attain to some level of it. Um, I have a question. I've been a believer for two more years than I'm <laughs> wanting to tell because I don't want to tell my real age. But anyway. <laughs> okay, that's fair. God's good. I was we saved at 18. We're not going to I'm a lot older now. Um, but I have a question because mm. um, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, which was at a Calvary Chapel, by the way. Excellent. Which Calvary <laughs> Chapel? I'm just curious. At, when, when I was baptized there, it was a, during a seminar on the Holy Spirit. Okay. And uh, Pastor Mike McIntosh was doing ah, it in okay. San Diego. Yes, Calvary Chapel, San Diego, and then Horizon there. Later became Horizon. So, okay, yeah, great church. Oh, yeah. Excellent. So, anyhow, my question is this. Um, I initially spoke in tongues there. And, you know, later on, I've never publicly spoken in tongues. And it occurs to me, I, I have prophesied publicly, mm-hmm. but it, it occurs to me that in the Scripture, there is a difference between public speaking in tongues and the, the private devotional praying in tongues. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and for the simple reason that... Um, Paul wouldn't say, do all speak with tongues in one place, and then turn around and say, when the answer is no, and then turn around and say, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. And then in another place in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, I would you all spoke with tongues, but rather that you prophesied. So what occurs to me is that there is a difference that when he says, do all speak with tongues, he's referring to the public use of tongues. And when he says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all, and when he says, I wish you all spoke in tongues, but rather that you prophesied, he's, he's referring to a private context of praying in tongues. 
Otherwise, he wouldn't thank God that he did something more than everybody else if all of them weren't supposed to do it. And he also would not wish they all could do it if they weren't all supposed to do it. So it occurs to me that those are references to private speaking in tongues and where it says, do all speak with tongues? And the answer is no. It's because that is a gift of public speaking in tongues, which is different than, than a devotional tongue. I, I would I would agree with you in part. I would disagree maybe slightly on on one point. Let let me just uh, point that out. So so in First Corinthians fourteen two, um, he talks about and I would agree in this sense that that there seems to be a couple different aspects to the gift uh, of tongues. And uh, what what I'm going to do? We've got a break coming up here pretty uh, pretty quick. It's going to be on us before we know it. But uh, I want to talk about the two different. Uh, aspects of the gift of tongues a little bit more, which you uh, very adeptly brought up. And then I want to talk about the one difference is, uh, is where Paul asked, do all speak in tongues? Uh, so, so do me a favor, just stick with me, uh, Janelle, and, and we're going we're gonna to take this break that's coming up, and then we'll pick it up on the other side of the break, okay? Sure. Excellent. Thank you. You betcha. Hey, folks, uh, you listen to Calvary Live. Jason Vanderveer here with you. If you want uh, more information about me, go to calvarychapelparker.com. More information about our church, more importantly. If you want to join me on the air, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. We've got some folks holding. We're going to finish up our call with Janelle after the break and take calls from Grace and Bianca and uh, maybe others. So if you're holding on, keep holding on. We're going to be taking more calls and questions and comments from you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. And welcome back. Jason Vanderveer here on Calvary Live. Great show so far uh, because uh, of what the Lord is putting on your heart to call and uh, to talk about and ask about. 303-690-3000. I'm Jason Vanderveer, the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. You can get more information. Calvary Chapel parker.com is the web address where you can get that uh, additional information about us. Let's uh, continue our conversation with Janelle about uh, the different aspects of the gift of tongues and whether or not all are supposed to have the gift uh, of tongues. Uh, Janelle, uh, the first part, like I said, yeah. I would I would agree with you completely in this sense um, that there are two seemingly different aspects of the gift of tongues in Scripture. And the first aspect that we see is found there in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and it's in the second verse, and it's this seemingly this this language that exists just between individuals and God. Some call it, as when we were talking to Bruce earlier, a prayer language. Uh, Paul says, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. However, we see also that there is uh, a gift and an operation of the gift of tongues that can be understood. And thus it can be interpreted. In the same chapter, in verse 27, he says, If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two, uh, or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. And and one might say, well, how can someone interpret? What's very interesting is when we see the gift of tongues in operation for the first time uh, in the book of Acts in the second chapter, uh, we see that people spoke with other tongues, and the people yeah. that heard them heard them in their own language. So they were speaking. 
speaking languages that they hadn't uh, learned. And so there is apparently the ability in Scripture to speak other languages, and perhaps even in uh, whether that's someone's natural language to then interpret, uh, or whether they supernaturally have the ability to interpret uh, a language that they haven't learned. I think you and I are on the same page completely when it comes to 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 those uh, particular things. What I would say, it, it, I, I would disagree slightly, is where Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5, he says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied, for you prophesies is greater. And we talked uh, with uh, a previous caller about the difference, or, 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 or actually I talked, uh, it was a text question that I received uh, today uh, about the gift of prophecy and how prophecy isn't just foretelling, it actually most often in Scripture is foretelling. In other words, it's preaching uh, the Word of God. And that's why Paul yeah. says he is greater um, because he provides edification for the church unless the person speaking in tongues also has someone who can interpret what they're saying, then effectively they're prophesying too, and then there's edification. Um, but where Paul says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, doesn't imply that everyone should speak with tongues. And that's why Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. The point he's pointing out is, is that there's this whole variety of gifts uh, in the church. And when Paul says, I wish you had this, it's because he had it and, and, and he says, I, you know, I, I pray in tongues more than all of you. you know, I speak in tongues more than all of you. And he recognized the great benefit of it, but he also recognized that not everybody has that gift. And, and so I don't believe that there is an implication in Scripture that everyone should uh, have that gift. Well, my question with that and, and my difficulty with that arises in the fact that um, why would he, since there is a difference between public speaking in tongues and private speaking in tongues, and we both acknowledge that according to the scripture that there is, then why would he be glad that he could do it more than all of them if they weren't all supposed to have it? And why would he thank God and say that he wished they all could do it if there is not? Because obviously there are benefits to private prayer language speaking in tongues. There are benefits to that that um, are different than a public speaking in tongues. And so my yeah. intention is with that, that Paul um, was saying, I want all of you to be able to enjoy the fellowship with God that allows you to communicate with him in a totally different level. Yeah, I, I, the answer to that, I think, if you look in the seventh chapter of 1 Corinthians, he says, but I say to the unmarried and the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. And so, and, and, and Paul is saying, you know, it, it's good for all of you just to, to live uh, in an unmarried state as I am, recognizing that there was a benefit for uh, um for that in their lives. But he's not saying that everybody in that state uh, should remain or that that's God's design for their life. So it's the same idea. He's saying, look, I've recognized this benefit of being unmarried. I've recognized this benefit uh, for him. This recognize this benefit of having this this uh, spiritual uh, language, if you if, if that's the term you prefer uh, to use, and it's a perfectly good one. Um, but also he recognizes that not everyone 
everyone has that gift uh, and not everyone is called to that. So I would give you that as, as the parallel for that. And, and I would say I, I would be very careful with saying that everyone should have that um, because the scripture doesn't, it doesn't say that, it doesn't imply that. And, and a lot of times when people imply that, uh, they start going, you're not going to this level, but a lot of people do start implying that, well, you don't have the gift of tongues and so you haven't truly been baptized with the Holy Spirit and you're missing something. And the Bible doesn't say that. In fact, the Bible says that there are certain people that have this gift and there are certain people that have other gifts. And, and what I would suggest to you is, is that's a good thing because then we have a variety within the body rather than all people with the same things. And we're dependent upon certain other people that have certain gifts that we don't have. Well, I look at, I, I look at private prayer language as my privilege with God because I don't think God would offer something that good to only a few because he's not a respecter of persons. However, I don't equate that with the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I don't equate it with public speaking in tongues. Um, I make a distinction there between them because I know some people who don't speak in tongues who I believe are just as filled with the Spirit and probably more so than I am. But I do think that it's a privilege that all God's children can have to pray to God in tongues and be able to allow their their spirit to express what their own words cannot. And I thank you for your time. God you bet. Hey, I appreciate I appreciate you calling in, Janelle. God bless you. Thanks thanks for your call today. Thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, let's go to Bianca. Bianca, welcome to the program. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Good to hear from you today. What's on your mind? Well, I was wondering if you could explain how the gift of healing should be used, because I know all those miracle, those false doctrine people use it in a not-so-good way, and I was just curious as to how that gift should actually be used if you even have that gift. Right. Well, um, we were just talking with Janelle recently that one of the passages that refers to that is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where uh, Paul very clearly refers to the gift, uh, gifts, rather, plural, of, of healing. And, yeah. and basically, what the gift of healing is, is Excuse me. It's not uh, uh, that someone in and of themselves has the power to heal, uh, yeah. but that the Holy Spirit upon them gives them the ability. And it's not necessarily something that uh, can be summoned on command or guaranteed yeah. in every every situation. Uh, but it is an individual that that uh, very clearly, if you look at First Corinthians twelve, um, who who has the ability, uh, the Holy Spirit uh, in them, working in that unique way. Uh, for God to use them as a conduit to heal. And so the best way uh, to do that, you mentioned it being abused, and of course we've seen this on television and other places where people come and, you know, they they maybe knock people down, you know, and, and slay them, so-called slaying them in the spirit, and they come up with their oxygen tank and they leave, or, you know, one leg is longer than the other, and now, you know, they, they solve that problem. And, and, you know, you can be pretty sure uh, that these folks are, are, are charlatans, but there uh, there is a, a legit 
legitimate gift of healing, uh, gifts of healing. And my encouragement is, is that that should be exercised in the church. Uh, you go and, and you go to the pastors and the elders of the church, and, and they uh, ought to be aware if there is someone in their body who, who has that particular gift, and you pray. And, uh, and, and, and if the Lord chooses to work in that way in the life of an individual through that, or whether he just chooses to work absent an individual, but through the prayers uh, of the body that God can heal. And so I believe in the gifts of healing. I, I believe that, uh, that God still does heal, and, and I believe that that is uh, going to be uh, exercised uh, through the church and, and, and going and, and getting prayer. Yeah, because let me just explain briefly, because I want to leave room for other callers, but I remember back five or six years ago, I can't even remember when, but mm-hmm. I was in a church. I wasn't going to a Calvary at the time. It was another church, but I remember going in the church, and there was this lady that was having some sort of health issues. I don't exactly remember what it was, but I remember I, I, it's as if I felt, I don't really want to say I felt, because I know feelings are not to be relied on, but... Mm -hmm. But I guess that's the way it is. I felt my heart pumping up really fast, and something inside told me, I believe you should pray for this person. Mm-hmm. And I remember clearly that that I prayed for that person, and the Lord used me to heal that person so Hey. So that's why I was kind of curious if maybe that's an indication that I have the gift of healing or not, because I, I only used it that one time. Right. Well, and, and, and what I would say is I wouldn't worry too much as, as to whether you do or not, because if you do, God's going to reveal that to you, and He's going to give you that <laughs> sense again, and He's going to bring people in your life that you can pray for again, and, uh, and God's going to work in their life. I think the, the, the best encouragement is in James chapter 5, verse 16, where it tells us to confess our trespasses to one another, to pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. In this case, a righteous woman, Bianca. So, so if God has given you that gift, He's going to make it evident. Uh, but God has still called you to pray for people that they may be healed, and maybe He has given you the faith uh, and and uh, the ability uh, to be used uh, in that way. All right. Well, that kind of answers it. Can you just <laughs> say a quick prayer for me so that the Lord would reveal exactly what I have in His timing? Absolutely. Let's pray right now. Father, we just thank you so much for Bianca. Thank you for her call, and I just pray that you'd be with her and bless her. Lord, I thank you for using her. I thank you for working in her life. And and Lord, if indeed you have given her uh, this gift, uh, Lord, I just pray uh, that you would make that evident. Uh, Otherwise, I just pray uh, that you would, uh, well, either way, that you would just continue to use her as she prays for others, and that you would just continue to heal. We know ultimately you are the one, the source uh, for all healing. And so we just pray that you would continue to work uh, through her and those around her and in the lives of uh, those that she knows and those that she encounters and in her church, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks a lot. You betcha. God bless you, Bianca. Thanks for calling.
Hey folks, if you want to join me on the program here, 303-690-3000. And let's go to Grace, who's been waiting patiently. Uh, I believe Grace is in uh, New York City. Welcome to the program. Hey Grace, how are you? Did we might have did we lose Grace? Have we fallen from grace? <laughs> or has grace fallen from the phone lines? Uh, grace, if you're uh, listening, uh, and if you're listening on the East Coast, you might not, not be able to hear what I'm saying right now. Uh, but uh, my bad, I, I, uh, I picked you up a little too late. Apologize for that. Give us a call back, uh, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. If you want to join me uh, on the program, that is the number to call, regardless of where you're at. And if you're listening up and down the front range of Colorado, we appreciate you here. If you're in Wyoming or if you're on the East Coast, Maryland, New Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania, appreciate all of you uh, listening as well to Calvary Live here. I'm Jason Vandiver. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. And I mention that only so that you know who I am. And uh, in case you're curious, who, who is it that I'm listening to here? Uh, and if you want to uh, join us at Calvary Chapel Parker, you can go to calvarychapelparker.com if you're going to be in the area. Or if you just want to listen or watch uh, online, if you're in one of the other states or uh, further away, uh, you can do that again at Calvary Chapel Parker.com. Again, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Andrea in Aurora, Colorado. Andrea, welcome to the program. Yes, hi. How are you doing today, Pastor? Doing great. Thanks for calling. Yeah, so I had a question about like what to do with false teachers, as in, you know, you get people coming to your, your door, the Jehovah Witness, the Mormons, and for us, for some reason, we keep getting the, the COG, Church of God, Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar. I've never encountered them until Colorado, but as soon as we got to Colorado, first time we went to Walmart, we were like bombarded with them everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and so the question is, what to do? What do we do about the Mormons? What do we do about the uh, the Church of God? What do we do about the the Jehovah's Witness and and these folks when they uh, when they come to your door? Well, I think the thing is, what do we do before they get there, right? And and because right. if we if we wait to prepare until they get there, um, as you <laughs> and and I have discovered, it's too late by that particular point in time. It's not going to be a very effective conversation. Um, so I would encourage you to be aware especially of of those groups in your area that you deal with. Um, and, and they are unique. In other words, there are certain areas that certain groups are more prevalent. There's some groups that are just kind of prevalent all across the country. But be aware of those groups that are operating in your area and start doing some research uh, on those groups. Some resources that you can start out with uh, are books like Kingdom of the Cults. Um, the Church of God is not in the oh, Kingdom yeah. of the Cults, but uh, Mormon, the Mormons, uh, the uh, Jehovah's Witness uh, are in there. There's many Many other uh, uh, groups that are dealt with in uh, the most recent edition or the revised edition of, of Kingdom of the Cults. Then there are all sorts of great resources online that you can utilize. Uh, Equip.org, which is the, the the Bible Answer Man program, has a lot of great articles on a lot of different organizations. You can also use the website GotQuestions.org. Um, and then you can just do general research and Google searches, and oftentimes you'll find people who have come out of these different organizations uh, who can share with you. But start doing research and preparing. And and, and okay. my encur- and my encouragement is is you know uh, be ready to to give to everyone an answer, as Paul says, for the hope uh, that lies yeah. within you, and stick to 
you know, the nature of God and, and salvation because these people will try to take you on all sorts of rabbit trails and tangents. Uh, okay. and, yeah, you know, that's if, the key. I think that's where we get caught up is um, we end up arguing about mm-hmm. the, queen, the Queen of Heaven. That's, what the, that's the first thing because we've seen these Church of God a lot. Yeah. And just this last time, you know, I, eventually I told him, you know, I asked him, sorry, are there two gods then? There's a mother God and there's a father God. And I said, well, you're worshiping two gods. Like, you're teaching, that's what you're teaching. And they didn't like that and thought I was just judgmental. And, <laughs> and I guess I guess my point is, is, I feel like every time, and I think you hit it right there, is, is focus on the gospel mm-hmm. and the nature and character of God. Because we, we've always tried to combat, because they come at you, of course, and are trying to say, the Queen of Heaven and Jesus already came to Earth in body, but it was a secret. Mm-hmm. Second coming, what you know, they try to tell you all these things and argue that, and then you try to re- rebut that with scripture. So then we end up where we both pull out our Bibles and we're looking back and forth. But this last time, they were man. I, I, I guess these guys, these ladies were a little different, maybe a little more sensitive or something. But mm-hmm. anything that we said, it was you're judgmental. You don't have an open mind, and just yeah. I guess I want a different approach because this one's not working. Yeah, well, let me encourage you that sometimes with certain people, it doesn't matter what approach you use, it may not be effective. Yeah. And and that just yeah. may be a, 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 a testimony to the people that you're you know, or against the people that um, that you're dealing with. You know, I find that that you know when people say you're judgmental, you don't have an open mind. Well, that's not a reasonable conversation to have. Simply because I disagree with you, or I'm pointing things out in the scriptures. Yeah. That that that's what people do when they don't have something to say. So I, I think yeah. you, you know at, 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 some, at some point in that conversation, you probably realize, well, this is probably not productive. I, I don't think that those yeah. are un, unreasonable. I don't think the conversations that you've mentioned are unreasonable conversations to have at some point. Um, but I. Think think that that we all tend to be more effective if we do stick to the nature of God and the nature of salvation and what it means to be saved and how a person uh, can be saved um, and and then you know down the road if there's an exceptional relationship and and there really is a good dialogue going yeah you can get into some of these other uh, things but also you know if you take care of those things these other things tend to fall in line a little bit later and 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 really the number of those things that you could approach you know those doctrinal problems with them is really limitless and so it's best to just kind of focus on you know those key fundamental things uh, if you can from you know from the Word of God let let's let's establish our our standard, um, the Bible, and let's utilize, you know, what does the Bible have to say about these things? What do you believe? What do I believe? But what does the Bible have to say? And and who is following what the Bible ha- Forget about, you know, labels of judgmentalism and things like that. What does the Bible say? And who's following it? You know? Okay. And, 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 and my, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. Uh, my, my other question was, uh, there's, now I'm driving, so I don't have the verse, but there there's a part in the Bible where it's, in the New Testament, where it's talking about false teachers and to not even take them into your home and not even eat with them. Am I yep. misquoting this? Um, no, you're not misquoting it, and um, and John deals with it uh, in his epistles, uh, and but it's taken out of context a lot of times. And so, in other words, a lot of okay. times people say, people say, uh, you know, don't, um, you know, don't then if a Mormon comes to your door, uh, don't invite them into your house, you know. And yeah. uh, but the idea there, um, when when John talks about that, is what he's talking about is is you don't want to get them a false sense that they're on the right path. 
And so when he talks ah. about eating them, he's talking about inviting them into your home and, and entertaining them like a brother, having a meal with them, and giving them this sense that, hey, they're all right. You know, that, yeah, you worship God in your own way. You're on your own path, and I'm on a different path. And everybody, all of our ways are going to go lead to God, right? You know, that's the idea. You're not, you don't want to give them a false sense of security. The idea is not, it's not a prohibition against sharing the gospel with a Mormon that comes comes to your door uh, or, you know, someone from the Church of God or the Worldwide Church of God or, you know, any of these other organizations that that you may encounter or that comes to your door. It's not as though you can't speak to them or, you know, you have to, you should be rude to them because we know that, that we're encouraged to do the, just the opposite. And if we don't reach out to them, then who's going to reach out to them? You know, how yeah, will they hear, exactly. how will they hear unless, as Paul says in Romans 10, unless, unless someone preaches to them? You know, and so and and without the word of God and without a preacher, and so so I I think that we have a responsibility, particularly those who are informed about what some of these folks believe. But you don't want to give them a, a, a sense, a false sense of security that 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 you're on the same page that they are, and that everything's good. Uh, you want them to go away realizing that they're not on the right track. Okay, so then, because we've we've brought them in our house, uh, there was a two two young men that a while back we went out to eat with them and they actually kept coming over even though we made it clear that that we weren't going to convert we were you know we were kind of discussing through the scriptures with them um so so you're saying that's okay and then we had a mormon couple that danny my husband worked with and uh anyway they would invite us over all the time no, I ain't going. They would invite <laughs> us over all the time, and um, eventually, yeah, eventually we kind of had the big discussion about yep. about Mormonism and Christianity. But is is that okay? Like we were like hanging out with them regularly, but they knew we weren't gonna. I mean, I think they hoped we were gonna convert. You know what I'm saying? Right. But we I, made our stance clear. I think. I think in that kind of situation, you have to have to ask yourself, you know, what is the nature of the relationship? So if it's a if it's a purely a social relationship where you're going into it and and you're you're giving them, you know, this sense that hey, you know, we're friends and, you know, I'm a believer and you're this and you're really relying on that relationship for uh, for something more than sharing the gospel with them. I think you need to be careful of that. And in other words, you got you got to be careful of being unequally yoked in a friendship relationship with them where you're relying on someone who's part of a cult but if your purpose in that is to be kind to them but at the same time preach the gospel and that's why you're engaging you know with them socially um, I think that's an entirely yeah. different matter so I'm not saying that there's a necessarily a prohibition even against the, the former of, of casually you know being around folks or doing su- stuff with them but you just have to be careful of those kinds of situations and ask yourself you know why am I in this situation what am I trying to accomplish what message am I conveying about the lost status of this individual through this relationship? Okay. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. Okay. And and you have to take it on a case-by-case basis, and only you know you know the answer to those questions as it relates to the different people that are in your life. Okie doke. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Pastor. You betcha. God bless you, Andrea. Hey, let's go to Mark uh, from Severance, Colorado. Mark, welcome to the program. Uh, hello. Hey, I am, uh, been, we've been planting a church in Severance for about a year and a half. Okay. And I'm just calling for some prayer about that because 
everything we seem to be trying is uh, not working very well, and yet yeah. it's the first, we have the first church building in, a, in this town that's been around for about 150 years. There's plenty of bars and liquor stores around, but this is the first <laughs> church. And so we're excited about it, but it's, we've had a hard time getting people in. Sure. And so I'm, I'm hoping for some prayer or some guidance on that. Absolutely. And uh, I will just share a little bit uh, with you um, as someone who's uh, walked in your shoes as well is, is continue to be excited. Don't, don't lose that excitement and don't look at, you know, your, your results, particularly at this particular point in time. And, 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 and I would encourage you, you know, a lot of people say, well, what is the point in time? Is it one year? Is it three years? Whatever. I would say I wouldn't, I wouldn't really worry about, worry about that. I, I, I would, uh, encourage you just, uh, go there, continue to be faithful as long as the Lord has you to be there and continue to be excited about what the Lord is, is doing there. And if he's called you, uh, to be there, the Lord is going to do a work there, whether it's a, an extremely large work or whether it's a small smaller work or something in between doesn't really matter it's going to be the lord's work and so let me let me just uh pray with you right now okay mark appreciate that you bet hey uh, Father, we just thank you so much. Uh, I thank you for Mark, Lord. I just thank you for his heart to go to a place, and, and it's not about a, a, a big thing, and, and it's not a big town or a big city, but it's just a place that people need to hear the gospel. And so I pray that you would just continue to sustain him, his passion for you, his excitement for your work there. And Lord, I do just pray that you'd pour out your spirit. I pray that you'd do a great work there, Lord. Not a necessarily a great work uh, as men see great works, uh, but Lord, that he would be very uh, clearly able to see uh, that you are doing great things amongst him I, and amongst the people of that town. I pray that you would just show them great and mighty things that they don't know. Lord, I pray that you bring many people to you and to the saving knowledge of you. I pray that people would be taught in your word, that they would be loved, that they would be encouraged, that they would be uh, tended and, and, and shepherded and ministered to, and that you would establish that fellowship there and that you would just continue to work. I pray that you'd sustain Mark and provide for him and his family and that you would use him for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God thank bless you, you Mark. Yeah, keep, keep it up. Keep doing what you're doing. Okay, thank you. Bye. And let's go very quickly uh, to Rick in Aurora. Rick, I've got about less than a minute. Welcome to the program. Hey, Rick, do, do you hear me? Well, we might have lost Rick. Probably... Uh, Probably just probably for the best because uh, uh, you know we can do a little bit in a minute, but I'm, I'm not sure how much we can do in now in 30 seconds. Hey, great program here today! Uh, great program because of what the Lord laid on your heart. I appreciate so much you folks allowing me the opportunity to be with you here. Let's pray real quick, Father. We just thank you for all of these calls and all of these individuals and the time that we've had together. We just pray that you would just work through the things that we've shared, and we love you, Lord, and we just give you the glory in Jesus' name. We pray. Thanks, folks, for listening to Calvary live program will be back tomorrow god bless you thank you for listening to calvary live be sure to tell a friend about grace fm